Well, good afternoon, everyone. I am so honored that you are here and not on the beach right now. I know we've got some temptations, but seriously, Florida teachers know where to go for a conference. This is an amazing place. Well, my name is Wes Fryer. I hail from Oklahoma City, and it has been a dream of mine to speak at a conference that's not a technology conference. I had an opportunity to talk at an English language arts conference in Kansas a couple years ago, and today we're going to talk about amplifying art with media. And does anybody have a device that would, say, send a text message or get online? Well, please get it out, because I truly want you to get the resources today, and there's several ways to do that. If you want to send a text message right now to the number 23559, no, that's not my number. <laughs> that's a number for a free text messaging service called Selly that I've used for a number of years. And you're going to text West Info or you could text Join West Info. If you just text West Info, it's going to pop back a message and say put in like one or something to join. If you're fancy with a QR code reader, uh, and we'll talk a little bit about that today, you can scan that code, and it will take you to a website that has all the slides that I'll share today and the videos and the other resources, or you can go to that link, wfriar.me slash art, and that's going to take you to that site. Um, how many of you at your school use some kind of a text messaging alert system now? Is anybody using that? I've used a bunch of different tools as a teacher and as a parent volunteer and in diff with different hats that I wear. And it is truly amazing how powerful it is to have a text messaging service where you can reach out and alert someone. And I've tried a bunch of different ones that sound like an ad, but I'm not affiliated with them. But Sally is free. We're using it, for instance, for our Parent Teacher Association at the uh, public magnet school where my oldest two kids go. And we have over 100 parents now on that list. And it's just pretty awesome to be able to send a message boom and there we've got it you know in the in the hand or the pocket of those teachers so who's a back to the future fan anybody did you remember the date that marty mcfly put into the machine like didn't we just pass that recently like where's the flying car delorean thing well i want to start we're going to talk about amplifying do you remember how this movie opens well if not let's take a look This is not what you want for your first, you know, experience in the classroom with social media and technology to be like. <laughs> when I when I think about technology as an amplifier, that that is the scene that comes to mind. Technology can be a very, very powerful amplifier. And unfortunately, in all of our communities, whether we are in Florida, Oklahoma, or somewhere else, we probably have members of the media really quick to put in the paper and on television and however else they share information, all the negative bad stories that happen at school. Whether that's a video that happened you know, as a fight after school or a locker room picture or something, that stuff gets amplified. But there are two sides to this coin. I listened to Kevin Kelly's book a number of years ago on Audible, What Technology Wants. And this is the quotation that stuck with me the most. No technology is tremendous unless it can be tremendously abused. And yes, the smartphone can be tremendously abused. But the other side of that is 
It's tremendously powerful and can be used in very constructive ways. And so I am quite cognizant, and my three children are too, that I am just uh, a few hours or less than two hours away from the Magic Kingdom and from Harry Potter land. And I love this Arthur C. Clarke quotation because, you know, all of us have different words for describing these technologies. But it's, it is amazing and seems magical that we can take a device in our pocket, in our purse, take it out, and not only connect with text and receive information, but we can publish and share that information with a global audience. Have you noticed how Saturday mornings have changed a little bit? <laughs> I took this picture back in 2010 of my three children, and I shot the photograph again this summer, and I'll show you the new version. And I know you'll notice the legs, but what else changed? (laughs) We're not one-to-one anymore. Now, do you remember when cartoons were the big deal on a Saturday morning? Not so big a deal anymore, right? If you have cable or if you have Netflix, we can access cartoons all the time. But we're seeing this evolution of device use, and some folks will call it the second screen, where we're watching television and then we have another device out, a smartphone or a tablet. And so our schools are still struggling to keep up where, you know, not only are we looking at one-to-one, but now we're looking at many-to-one or two-to-one. Well, get your wands out because our kids have them and we do too. And today we need to leverage the power of these devices constructively, not only to amplify the great things happening in our art class and in our school building, but also to help students develop digital literacy skills and digital citizenship skills. There are so many important conversations we've got to be having with our own children, our grandchildren, and our students. And technology, as we bring it into the classroom and use it, can give us a chance to do that. So today, in the few minutes we've got together, I'd like to do several things. First of all, introduce you to some amazing creative art teachers and students. Second, I hope to inspire you with some new ideas to use media And third of all, to invite you to become more digitally connected. We live in a very media-rich world. I took that picture, yes, at Walmart a few uh, years ago, and it is amazing how much media saturates our society. Let me ask you a question. How important do you think it is for me as a dad to help my two young daughters understand that every woman that they see in the checkout line has been airbrushed? Is that important or not? It's hugely important for a lot of reasons that go beyond technology about identity and perception of self. But how many of our kids realize it? We need our kids to shift and we need to shift from just consuming media to creating media. And as the art teacher in your school, you are in an ideal place to help students do that and to have discussions about media literacy as well as more traditional art discussions that we might have in the curriculum. Now, I'm not going to show you a bunch of Common Core stuff, but I am going to reference this, a great post that Joe Wood wrote last year about digital writing in the Common Core, just to point out how many times in this slide, and yes, there's a lot of text on this, this is the only one, does the word media or illustration or different mediums or multimedia appear. 
You see it a lot. So, yes, the Common Core state standards and many of our state standards have references to students being digitally literate with digital media. So I'd like to introduce you to some creative art teachers. Why on earth would I want to do that? I'll tell you a secret. I think this conference is pretty awesome. But you will not have to wait till next year's conference for some amazing professional development if you follow and connect with these teachers. In fact, this month, October 2013, is Connected Educator Month. Raise your hand if you have done something for Connected Educator Month. Anybody listen to a webinar? There's just a couple hands. It's really the only the second year of this nationwide, but, but the website is connectededucators.org. And there are events happening every single day um, of the whole month that involve educators collaborating and connecting. The first person I'd like you to introduce to you is my daughter, Rachel Fryer. I took this picture last week at our state encyclopedia conference, which is our librarian and technology conference. And she's with Danny Gordon, a local artist, who I, I learned to, to uh, draw some new things from Danny. And I said, oh, my gosh, I have to introduce her or introduce Rachel to him. Now, the reason that um, I can introduce you to Rachel today and she's not here in person, I wish she was, is because a couple years ago, Rachel recorded a video for a Creativity World Forum that was held in Oklahoma City, and it didn't get shown or win a prize or anything like that. But in this one minute and 15 second video, I think Rachel is going to explain better than I can why art is really important. intrinsically valuable. It's not just about the workforce. It's not just about the jobs. It's also about life and it's about art and it's about all kinds of things that go beyond standards and go beyond testing. So we need to be using media to amplify the voices of our students, the voices of our children, and yes, amplifying the art that they create. Here is a book report that Rachel created this week, and I took the following video on Wednesday. Or actually, no, it was Thursday. It was yesterday morning before I left Oklahoma. Right. 
And um, the question I'm going to have you talk with your neighbor about is, what is potentially good about this video being shared online? All right, here we go. Uh, oh, it's on our learning blog. We've had a learning blog for a few years where, yes, I forced my children to blog because no one in their school districts have ever allowed, you know, teachers to have blogs. We're working on that. Uh, but this is a place where we share stuff as a family. So here we go. Hi, I'm Rachel. This is a um, serial box book report that I did for fourth grade. So this is the name of my seconds. I want you to turn to your neighbor and talk about what is potentially good about that video and sharing it online. Okay? I'm going to start a little timer. Yeah, 60 seconds. Go. There's a bell. Um, but it is a free site. It's online-stopwatch.com. I really like turn, pair, and share activities. Saying you don't have to have any special software. You can just go to online-stopwatch and, you know, click and say how much time you want, and then you're ready to go. I like that. So uh, let's get a couple answers from the audience. What was good or potentially good about that being shared online? Okay. Why would that be good to amplify? 
Okay. So I can share it for free with an with a potentially undefined like audience as far as how big it could be, right? I don't have to print a copy of it and give it to you. It's online, so it, it can go out to a large number of people. Somebody back there got a thought. Yeah, it was a real book. She did ask me to set up a website for her, and I did. <laughs> and she can blog to it directly from her iPod Touch. She's just been doing that in the last couple months. And her website is rachelfire.com. She has some free ebooks, and she illustrated my first book for me. And yes, I paid her $20 per illustration, and she put all $120 in her bank account. And you can check out what she's doing online. All right. How many of you know Tricia Fugelstock? I had an opportunity to meet Trisha in person in Chicago this past uh, March. Now, I need to preface this. What I'm about to show you is absolutely amazing. And I've met a fair number of teachers and art teachers around the country and the world. And I would say Trisha is absolutely at, near the top. She is an outlier. Please do not see what I'm about to show you and think, oh my gosh, Wes, I'm so behind, I'm, I can't do this, there's no way. Instead, what I hope you'll do is be inspired because of the way she empowers her students 
and the way she uses media to amplify her art program. Is anybody here struggling to justify and explain to the powers that be how important art is and how important your program is? Anyone? Anyone? Everything's new! Alright? So let's take a look. Now this also will answer a critical question, which is the wrong question, which is oftentimes, what should we buy? Should we get iPad? Should we get Cobalt? Should we get Windows 8 tablets? I was in Florida actually last week. I rarely ever come to Florida. I've been here two, two times a month. And in the workshop, we had 25 teachers. A third of them had Windows 8 tablets, a third had Chromebooks, and a third had iPads. And we made radio shows together. So that's something we could all do together. It's the wrong question to say, what, what do I buy? The right question is, what do you want to do? And if you want to create, you need to look at what your tools allow you to create. So, Krisha just created this video this week to answer that question and to also help uh, try and get parents and others to donate to support their program so that they can purchase more creative technology tools. Sorry. website can set up to have folks donate to your program. Um, Trisha has been on Vimeo for several years, five years in fact. She has over 250 videos on her Vimeo channel. How many of you have a channel for video content for your, your archive? Yes. We ought to have channels. By the way, how many channels do you have at your house if you have cable now? <laughs> Too many, right? Too many to be able to count? But now we get to create our own channels. And you need a channel for your art room. Why? So you can amplify your students' work and you can help show parents and board members and the kids themselves. Here is what we do. So Trisha created this video about her website that she calls Fugal Flicks. This is 42 seconds long to kind of give an overview about what they're doing here in this video channel. Not just in our art class, not just in our music class, but in all of them. 
Um, I'm going to actually skip this video, but I love this. It's a little over three minutes. And it's one they did a couple years ago called Eye of Heart. And they have been doing this for a while, right? The kids have been helping to figure out how to do kind of some of this stuff, like green screen effects and, and other fancy things. I'm just amazed by the sorts of things that Trisha uh, and her students do. And so there are a lot of very good things about amplifying the creativity of students, the work of students. I encourage you to follow and learn with Trisha, with Trisha Fugelstock because she is doing some amazing work and she is, is just generously sharing on Twitter, via the website, her blog, and her video channel. Uh, turn your neighbor, tell them or ask them, what is a triple threat? Go, find out. <laughs> Sarah in Cinderella. She was one of the stepsisters in a, in a play in Oklahoma City this last year. She wants to be a triple threat. Well, guess what? I want to introduce you to Carol Bruce because Carol wants us all to be triple threats in technology, creating our own art, our own music, and our own media. And Carol has been a presenter for a free conference called K-12 Online several times. She was actually a keynoter a couple years ago. And this month, in Connected Educators Month, she's about to do a presentation called Triple Threat Tech. And this is a little teaser trailer that she made. Join me the week of October 28th, 2013, for the strand Building Learning, with my presentation on becoming a triple threat in tech by creating your own music, your own artwork, and finalizing. And what's so awesome is Carol and Tricia and other teachers are teaching us how to do this stuff. It's not just behind the curtain a secret. They're teaching us how to do it. Um, I'm, I'm going to actually skip this excerpt too, uh, but Carol was our keynote speaker for K-12 Online, which is a video-based free conference, and her session a couple years ago was called Get Ripped with Rigor, Innovation, and Passion, and it's a really fantastic presentation about how she as a teacher learned that when her students were creating and she made creativity the center of her classroom, the engagement levels were sky high, and her enjoyment and, and passion as an educator uh, rose as well. And she talks about using Google 20% time. Have you heard of this before? Google lets their employees spend 20% of their day on a project that they're personally passionate about. And then they come back and share that. And there are a number of teachers around the country now who are doing that. We could think about what that might look like. There's boundaries and constraints. You can't do anything. But that's one of many things that Carol talks about in that presentation. So please follow and learn Bless you. with Carol Bruce. And she has a channel on YouTube. She is on Twitter and is constantly sharing great ideas. So the next thing I'd like to hopefully do is to inspire you with some ideas to use media. 
One of the things I've realized, unfortunately, when I work with teachers in technology, is that a lot of times when teachers see an iPad or even this a computer, adults, we see an arcade, we see Pac-Man instead of seeing something that can empower students. And Seymour Papert is the father of educational technology. He studied with a guy in France named Piget. You may have heard of him. Yes, you've all heard of Piget, right? So Papert wanted math to be like the oxygen we breathe because he noticed, as Piget did, that guess what? When young children are all around another language, what happens? They learn to speak and communicate in that language. And so, The Children's Machine is a wonderful book. I totally believe we need to see devices as imagination machines and as bridges to creativity for our students. Because our students can use these tools to create and share media, not only with our school community, but with the world. And so, this is straight out of John Dewey. I want us to say it together at the bottom of the screen. Uh, let's say it together. Ready? Go. We remember what we do. I know I'm preaching to the choir here with a group of art teachers. But truly, this needs, you need to remind folks about this. Because many people either forgot this or they never learned it. And we need to be broadening the menu of what we how we assess. This is not an Oklahoma menu. In fact, that's a Maine, uh, a Yarmouth, Maine menu. But my first ebook, Playing with Media, was about using digital text, images, audio, and video, and communicating with those different kinds of media. My new ebook, which is called Mapping Media in the Common Core, talks about these different products that we can create. I'm getting pretty close to 5.30. We went into 5.30 or... Oh, what's that? Okay, okay. When do you want me to stop? Okay. So, this is the question I think we need to ask. What will we create today? Why? Well, one reason is, Bloom's Taxonomy was revised in 2001, and we know that when we create... We not only have students do the lower level things of knowledge and comprehension learning, but they also can do higher thinking. How are you going to represent that visually? How are you going to communicate that, you know, orally in 30 seconds or 60 seconds or whatever the time constraint is? And guess what? A lot of kids love creating. In fact, I think we were born to create, and so creativity is something that tends to come pretty naturally to kids. Um, and we need to be doing more of that in school. So let me give you a few examples of some specific products that you can create with students. The first one is called Narrated Art. And um, we'll go ahead and see this video. This is a librarian video at, in Yukon schools. You know Garth Brooks? Yes, Garth Brooks fans. And Yukon plays Garth, driving to Yukon and says, Oh, Garth Brooks. He lives in Tulsa now, right? They still play <laughs> Yukon Schools last year, this is a project we did in the library. Now, this is going to, do you have a, a series in Florida that you encourage all the kids to read, like a book series? Well, they are, but you know, like something with, with the Sunshine series? Yeah. So we have the Sequoia series. That's what it is in Oklahoma. So, even though we're talking libraries, I want you to watch this and think about what would this look like in my art class? 
Because how many of us have been to a museum where you can either scan a QR code or you've got a headset and you can hear the artist talking about their piece? You can do that now in the hallway with what they're going to show us. I have a monthly plan, and I want to tell you about the Sequoia Book Club Challenge. Basically, every year we do a big challenge around the Sequoia books, where kids are challenged to read every book on the Sequoia-dominated list. Um, now, what we've done this year is we actually have a QR code. Each student will create a digital recording of their book review for every book that they read in the Sequoia book, and then we'll attach a QR code to their book review, and then have that online for other students to share and enjoy. Um, at the end of the year and during the course of the year, other students will be able to scan the QR code and find out more about that book and hopefully get other students interested in reading them as well. So, let's see, how are you doing this? How, how are they recording it and how is this working? Well, we'll be using the iPads and iPad touches here in the library and basically on Friday afternoons they'll come and make an audio recording that's going to be uploaded onto AudioBoo. It's an app that's free that you can put on your um, device. And um, that website basically will have it published, and from that website, then we'll attach a QR code that will that will send the link um, to the audio recording. All right, very good. How can people connect if they'd like to see some of these audio recordings? Um, all they have to do is go to audioboo.com, and they can go to our page, which is IES. All right, thanks. Hi, this is Nick. I'm going to explain you about how to do a hippopotamus and how you use the uh, Sequoia stuff. First, you have to eat the blood, and then what you don't do, you write a script about it, and then you, on Fridays, you come to you and you use, and first you have to, you have to see if you like it and see if it's good, and then you use the iPads. And I've done about seven of eight, and what you do is press record, and do it again. And if you don't, and then you save the book, and if you don't like it, then press cancel, delete your Hi, this is Gigi, and I'm going to tell you about how you listen to the QR codes. <coughs> you scan, you scan one of these with your, your parents might have an iPhone or a smartphone, and you can download the app so that you can just click, and you can get one of these from Miss Clinton, and you just...
Well, I like that it's written. You get to record your books you've done, and at the end of the year, you get a reward, and you've already, you already have fun doing it, and you get extra fun, pretty much. And <laughs> <laughs> you can hear your recordings. Oh, I like your recordings. And that's why I like doing this. And also, we can record at the end. Right. Now, hopefully, that's not the end of the social justice inquiry that Katie will be doing in her life. But there's a lot of positive for that project, and that can work in your art classroom. Your kids can describe projects they've done. Those could be sculptures, those could be crayon drawings, it could be anything. And their voice can then be put with their work so that other students hear them and give them feedback, and parents do as well. So this also works on field trips. Uh, this was a field trip my daughter's uh, third grade class took last year to our Oklahoma History Center. We use this free app, AudioBoo. It's free for Android, for iPhone. It also even works on BlackBerry. If anybody has that still, uh, people do. Um, and you log in and create an account. So we had a common account, and the kids were recording different things with docents. They were, you know, seeing pieces of art. They were seeing, you know, the space capsule, and they were recording things. So Trisha Fugelstad did a pretty amazing one minute and nine second video uh, after she took her kids to the Chicago Museum of Art. And this talks about how they used AudioBoo on their field trip to the art museum. touches uh, once you get back to Wi-Fi to school or whatever it'll upload and that's free um, ebooks are something else that we need to be creating with kids uh, a couple years ago my daughter's principal asked me if I would share with teachers about technology and it was one of the biggest screw-ups of my life do you know what I did I overshared in fact I may have overshared today some of you may have may be like this is too much Wes you've told me too much so here's what I realized. Books are like a bridge between generations. No one is arguing when we create an ebook in school. Why are you doing that? Why are you focusing on books? And so I got an iPod mini um, at a conference last March, and I showed Rachel's third grade teacher, Mrs. Moore, a little app called Book Creator. And so Mrs. Moore, I thought after spring break, would call me back to come help. 
didn't need me. And this is what the kids created. They created an ebook. We put it up on several versions, and we'll just look at a little bit of it. But every child drew a picture and recorded their voice. He is looking at his house. His mom and cat are looking at him. If you look closely, his mom is waiting at him. The caterpillar was so hungry that it ate a lot of food. The next day is fat. All right. So every child, artwork is there. Their voice is there at the after the award ceremony at the end of the year. Mrs. Moore showed that to all the students and presented them each of them with a printed copy because Lulu.com, L-U-L-U.com, is a print-on-demand service. And so we took the PDF that the iPad created and printed it in an A5 size for every child. And so she wrote a custom note to each one. Those color books cost $13 each. If we'd done it in black and white, it would have been more like $5. We're in a battle for hearts and minds in our communities when it comes to education, school, including technology. And books can be bridges. And you can help parents understand why is it that we're using these devices? Well, it's because these devices let our students do things that we might have been able to do with a cassette. But who had their whole class record something on cassettes and turn it in? I never did that, but with these kinds of digital tools, we can. And we can empower students with agency and with voice, and that really matters. And Book Creator, I'm not affiliated with them at all. I love that app. It's one of the top three apps I would recommend you get on your iPads because your students can record their voices and they can do it independently. If you're a secondary teacher, Creative Book Builder is one that is a little more advanced. The last thing I'll show you is visual note-taking, and (laughs) I am not a very confident visual artist, but I have learned that, guess what? Everyone can draw, but what does it take? You've got to practice. So I wrote a chapter in my ebook on visual note-taking. There's a wonderful TEDx talk by a, a, a young lady named Rachel Smith, and it's linked on my site, And what Rachel Smith argues is that we need to be opening the door for visual note-taking. And these are some notes I took this summer at a conference that I attended. Um, I took some of them during the conference, during presentations. I learned to draw on a black, uh, with, with a thin black line, and then go in later and shade. But this is an app called Brushes for the iPad. Brushes 3 is free. And (laughs) I showed you uh, Danny a little while ago. This is what Danny taught me to draw. Oh, no, I just unplugged. Hang on. All right, let's do that again. You can actually export these as movies and uh, put them on YouTube. And that shows, you know, how you drew. But that is just one example of the ways that digital technology can... Uh, Give us a a more of an insight. You know, when you look at a a finished drawing that one of your students has created, you don't have a a complete picture of how they got from from blank canvas to finished piece. But when you use a tool like brushes that can play back the entire thing, it can give you a lot more insight. So that's a tool to look at. All right, I'm almost done. Uh, My last thing I'd like to do is invite you to become more digitally connected. Please. Just Google Connected Educators Month. The website is connecteducators.org. Literally every day of this whole month, there are events going on, and these are being archived. 
Have you had an opportunity to hang out with a very creative artist before? Somebody who's influenced you in your craft? That's one of the most important ways we really change, right? When we get to hang out with somebody who's really passionate, really good at something, and I've got some hands coming out saying, right here, right here. So it goes online too. It's better to be face-to-face in a lot of cases, but we can still learn virtually a lot from other people. So, closing thoughts. Who's seen this video from Sir Ken Robinson? All right, yeah, there's like 19 and a half million or, you know, tons of people have seen this video, How Schools Kill Creativity. Well, recently I saw this TEDx video by Logan LaPlante, and it, it saddened me because he said his parents saw Ken Robinson's video, and that's one of the reasons they pulled him out of public school, because there aren't any public schools, according to them, where creativity is cherished and encouraged. And that's simply not true. In many of our classrooms, we are cherishing creativity and encouraging creativity. We can't give up on our public schools or on creativity. That's my son, who's now a sophomore. He's uh, going to be 16 in November, and that's his third grade teacher. You know, Mrs. Fitzgerald wasn't a great teacher because she had a smart board. She wasn't a great teacher because of technology. It was about relationship. It was about connection she had to him and the way in which she challenged him. So remember, in closing, that relationships matter, teachers matter, you matter. to constantly make stuff and we need to remind our peers of this whether they're in an art classroom or not the k-12 online conference will start on in the next monday on the 14th with a great keynote and there's phenomenal teachers that are freely sharing their ideas that would love for you to check them out so welcome to harry potter day okay you got your device your kids have their devices there are good times to turn it off and to put it away But there are also important times to get it out and to use it for good and not for evil. If the Hogwarts Express was leaving right now, right outside, are you going to jump on board? Are you going to go to Hogwarts? Why would you go? I bet it would have to do with the stuff we'd learn and do together. And we have chances to do truly magical and powerful things together in our classrooms. And I look forward to hearing about those great things you're going to do. Thanks. You're listening to Fuel for Educational Change Agents, an audio podcast channel, including a variety of audio recordings by and recorded by Wesley Fryer, published for educators worldwide interested in free audio-based professional development. This is a supplementary podcast channel complementing Moving at the Speed of Creativity podcast, which typically includes longer and lightly edited or unedited audio recordings. Learn more and access these podcasts on audio.speedofcreativity.org. All content on this podcast is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 United States license.